How am I framed? Is that good? Gosh, it's, it's unbelievable. It feels good. It's really good. Feels like I'm framed correctly. You are framed correctly. Have you ever framed? You do photography. Have you ever framed a photo? Like in a in a picture frame? Yeah. Yeah. Is that when you take your own? Like all the pictures I've ever had, mm-hmm. I've never taken and yep. framed. I'm trying to think when the last time I printed a photo was. Rachel's printed a few photos for some things. Henry yeah. has to do stuff for school. Yeah. Sometimes, so they're like. Who's your family? Mm. And so we just send a a picture to Drug Mart. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're like, did you guys order this one photo? <laughs> like, yep. And then you pay 15 cents or yeah. whatever it is. Is it hard to frame? No. No. Photo. It's usually you just buy a frame. Do people you know, want their pictures, The like the pictures you take, do they want them printed out? Yeah. Do they really? Yeah, like some photo, of the time. Yeah, a lot of, stuff. so today a lot of people... Um, like my age, honestly, yeah. um, and maybe like kind of in between our ages. In between our ages, yeah, they just want the digital's because they're thinking for social media and stuff, right? And then you know they get a little bit older and they realize I want some hanging on my wall. Yeah, um, we pay so, all that money. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's part of it. Is like you want to, you want like the the reason you you pay for photography is like you are trying to freeze a moment in time and then preserve it for a long time. Yeah. I mean, one of the sad things to me is I don't have pictures of my great grandparents. I don't know know. what they look like. Oh yeah. You know, uh, there's probably photos somewhere in with one of my family members, but, um, you know, now photography is everywhere. And one of the great ways you can preserve it for a long time is in a physical way yeah um i do a lot of family photography couples and stuff and one of the one of the my favorite kind of things i keep in my mind is for a married couple and what it means for their children to get to see a picture of them romantically engaged like just like giving eyes to each other like those cute kind of things and i tell couples or i've had this conversation with couples is that you know when you're having a fight or something and you, you have a picture of you guys on the wall. It's a reminder of the fact that you love each other. It's a reminder of the fact that the other person loves you. Mm. And it's a, also kind of a reminder of there's history there. Yeah. Um, and specifically, you know, of what God has done yeah. in bringing you together. And, you know, so I think there's so many great or reasons for... Possibly a reminder of the argument they had as to where to put the photo. That's true. <laughs> and no probable. Problem. But, uh, you know, it should have gone in the living room <laughs> every time I see this photo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So I, I think about uh, the value of filling your home with visual reminders of God's faithfulness yeah. in your family, in your yeah. marriage, and all those ways. And so that's one of my favorite things about yeah. what I get to do for for families, for couples. Yeah. You know, it's it's really beautiful. And I think as... You know, again, going back to like, you think about what it does for you as a couple, but also what does that say to your children? Yeah. That, that you like each get, other. They, yeah, that you like each other. Yeah. There's security yeah. there and uh, just a reminder that, like, hey, my parents don't only just take pictures with me, but they take pictures with each other and they yeah. like each other. And that's, that's a really important thing. I think it's overlooked, um, you know, today in our digital age, you know? Yeah. Again, our generation, we think social media, and then we realize, oh, the likes don't matter. 
yeah. <laughs> like what matters no. is who has committed to live their life with me. Yeah, you know? I think so much of that push, it feels like on, you know, particular social media and wedding photography has been like this thing now that it just, it's, it's like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Like if you were a good guitar player back in the day, for example, you could wind up on primetime TV. Yeah. Now you have to be a good guitar player and a good skateboarder at the same time. Right. And be able to do tricks. And that's kind of what's happened with, uh, I, I think, like photography. Oh, for um, sure. Particularly like wedding photography. A lot of the stuff that I see now is it's just getting more and more grand and more and more large. Mm-hmm. And you pay all that money and maybe for all that travel for for someone to look at it for, yeah. I think it's about a half a second. Yeah, and then and then tap it twice, right? And just kind of go on. So yeah, I like the idea of taking those, and then I think mm-hmm. a lot of couples do that. Yeah, where I they think get so. The, where they print them out and they put yeah. pictures. We don't so. have any. Rachel and I have zero photos of people, us or, or Henry, up around our house. We you know we have stuff on our walls, but it's a you lot. You guys of, are pretty uh, stylistically minimal, though. Yeah, I think so. You know, your yeah. office is like you've got pictures of. Of Henry, you got a picture, yeah, Henry. you know, and you've got some stuff, but for the most part, you prefer kind of bare walls. That's kind of yeah. your personality. We have bare walls at our house forever, yeah. And then is that is that something that you feel like you're open to changing, or is it just something where you just think about it and you're like, no, I really do prefer that. Part of it was functional, right? Um, because you know, when we had originally I lived in a condo, and our walls were decorated. Then you know, it, it was homey, yeah. I should say. Um, and then we moved to this other house um when Rachel got pregnant we need more space mm-hmm. and I guess it turns out man, kids take up a lot of space even if you just have one their stuff takes up a lot of space and so, so baby yeah stuff. we moved and yes a lot of baby stuff <laughs> we were we had the shower and everybody was so kind and gracious and gave yeah. us all this stuff I'm like where's this gonna go oh totally we need a new house for this yep. so we moved to this place and then it just became you know just the busyness of having a, a small child yeah it just kind of was on the back burner and then just wanting a place for Henry to be a kid. Mm-hmm. And if I've got all this stuff on the wall and we're kicking a beach ball, right. you know, around and he, it yeah. hits it and then I'm going to be like, oh man, you know, yeah. and it's not on him. That'd be on me. Yeah. So until he was about, well, about four and a half or five mm-hmm. when, you know, he was able to be responsible with stuff and take care of stuff. We, then we went out and got some furniture, you right. know, some decent furniture and put some stuff on the walls and yeah. it's, so far hasn't gotten, gotten damaged but just like the other day he was opening up the pantry or no he was he was running around the kitchen and now the pantry door was left open and he ran into that door and the door stopped just punched a hole right in the door yeah. you know these things just happen totally and he was I felt so he's like i'm so sorry please i'm sorry and i'm like dude it was an accident <laughs> like yeah. it's just stuff man yeah um so but i grew up uh you know um uh, when i was living with my um dad in particular uh he was you know, he, they had a nice house and it, he was yeah. very particular about the walls and marks on the walls. Right. And, you know, I remember getting in trouble as a kid for that kind of stuff. And, and that's, you know, I'm not saying that my dad did a bad job in any way, shape sure. or form. I just wanted a more looser environment yeah. uh, for Henry to grow up in because uh, I kind of yeah. grew up in a, a tighter environment yeah. uh, with some strictness. And Did you ever like have a friend, you'd go over their house and they'd be like, oh, we're not allowed in this room? I had one of the most odd interactions. Yeah. First of all, yes, that. Yeah. Like there was that room that you couldn't go in. Right. But I remember one of my first overnighters, I went to a, a kid's house in my class. Yeah. And um, I had forgotten uh, a sleeping bag. Mm. It was my first overnight. I'm like, you know, I don't know what's going on. And yep. my parents were, you know, split at the time. And so, you know, my mom was like, hey, can I spend the night so-and-so's house? Yeah, go. And so I went after school, went over there. 
and um, nice people, great people. And his, uh, his mom uh, came out in the living room. It was you know, time for us to go bed. We're gonna we're gonna camp out in the living room. And uh, this kid uh, looks at his mom. He's like, "Hey, Neil forgot his sleeping bag. Can you use one of ours?" And she she looked at him and she said, um, "What did I? What have I said about asking me?" Uh, to do stuff, you know, in front of other people. And he's like, well, I'm not supposed to ask you to, to do stuff in front of me. He's like, and the mom was like, yeah, if you want me to do something, pull me aside so that I can make a decision. I don't have to do it out loud. And he's like, oh, okay. And she's like, and because you did that, no, Neil could not have a sleeping bag. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? What? <laughs> I was like, it kind of seems like Neil's getting punished for this. Yeah, that <laughs> feels a lot decision. like that. So I, I slept... In my clothes on the floor with no sleeping bag. Dude, are yeah, you serious? Yeah, dead serious, man. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's all right. That was warm enough. That's, but uh, very yeah, uncomfortable. That's, yeah, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, so I never went over there again. Well. <laughs> and then yeah. and then I have just triple checked everything I've ever packed for the rest of my life. Oh, yeah. Because like now I trust no one. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. preserve anything. That's crazy. Oh, isn't that nuts? Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Uh, yeah, that's I do remember when I was when I was a kind of a kid, we had like not the same rule. Yeah. And it certainly didn't play out the exact way it did with you. But well, and it shouldn't. It usually came down to like me and my friends asking our parents if like we could have one another over after church. Yeah. Because we the church I grew up in, we did a Sunday morning and then a Sunday night service. So like it was always like a cool thing. Like cool, I'm gonna go hang out with this dude all afternoon. And then we'll be back at church and I'll go home that night. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the rule was if i wanted to have someone over i couldn't i couldn't have that person with me when i asked my parent because mm -hmm. it's kind of puts them on the spot and sure, if they need course. to say no it, it kind of makes them feel bad or yeah. whatever it's kind of awkward yeah i get it um but yeah that's sad <laughs> i was so terrified like the next morning i'm like i i'm so thirsty oh yeah and i'm like i don't know what the rule is yeah. like am i allowed to ask for water oh, and yeah. i don't want to have this guy ask for water because whatever this guy asked for i'm not getting yeah that's right so i just took it upon you myself. need to represent yourself i just rummaged through the kitchen and found a found a you know a glass and yep. the water and then and i thought yeah what if she catches me doing this i put the glass back oh man and i went in the bathroom and was drinking water out of the sink Dude, oh i'm glad you said sink <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Am I allowed to turn the sink on? No. That's right. What already has water in it? <laughs> right. There's a whole bowl of water next to that bathtub. <laughs> I'll fill it back up after. Yeah. Well, I remember going over to my buddy's house. Um, and, you know, I, I we were there. We were there for like two hours. And he's like, starts freaking out. He's like, my mom's home. I'm like, okay, what's the big deal? He's like, I didn't ask her if you could stay. <laughs> and this is another friend of mine. Oh, boy. And um, so he's like, hide in the closet. No. Yeah. So I hid in the closet. And... You know, I can hear this conversation, and he's like, "Hey, is it cool?" Neil comes over, and she's like, "I don't know." She's like, "You know, I don't know about tonight. You know, can maybe do it? You know, next weekend, yada yada." And, and his mom is like, "And I'm like, I'm already here, lady. <laughs> like, I'm in this closet. Like, <laughs> like at this point, like I'm just picturing like meatloaf just getting slid under the door. Yeah, you're in prison. <laughs> yes, I am in solitary confinement. <laughs> you're in stuck the in dark. that closet for who knows I am how in long. A coat closet." <laughs> And it's winter. There's no way she's not coming in this closet. Like, we chose the wrong closet to hide yeah. in. Yeah. And uh, she eventually's like, oh, yeah. When's he going to be here? And he's like, well, here's the thing. And I popped out, and I'm like, hey. <laughs> and she laughed. She had a great sense yeah, of humor. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. That is pretty funny. Yeah. Stressful. I would hope that I would be that way as a parent. Like, just super, like, I don't know. Yeah. Just, like, have that good sense of humor. That's where what it's I'm like, hoping as well. 
this is a very funny situation. Right. And yeah. like part of it, I think, comes from just kind of remembering like, I remember what it was like when I was yeah. that age. This would be a really funny situation. I'll tell you what, you know? I'm keeping sleeping bags in stock uh, yeah. in my house. Yeah. There will be no cold children. There you go. Henry's friends will have what they yeah. need. It was always strange. Like I, so I never felt like I was wanting when I went to people's houses and stuff, but yeah. there were a, time, a few times where it's like parents go to bed, we're not thinking about it, then it's time to sleep. And they're like, you cool on the couch? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, all right, good night. I'm like, well, wait. Right. <laughs> do I do it? Is, is there a blanket? Like, right. what, what are we doing? And he's like, yeah, I don't know. My parents are asleep. I don't know. We don't have any blankets. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Right. They're like, well, good night. I'm like, all right, have fun in your bed. <laughs> you could survive that as a kid. If I slept on a couch now, yeah, I imagine that immediately be followed by an ambulance ride. Well, it's pretty amazing because I sleep on the couch almost every Sunday afternoon. Do you really? Oh yeah, I, I will. I Wake will up fall stiff. Asleep. You good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awful. It's it usually involves my neck. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh cool, I won't be able to look behind me for. Uh, no, I can't turn my head for the next <laughs> week. Like you're in the bat suit. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> what was that noise? <laughs> right. It's like a, it's just a full body a torso cast. <laughs> thoracic rotation is impossible. Oh, just my god. Rotating gosh. at the lumbar spine, that's making right. things worse. Oh, no, man. Terrible. So funny. So anyways, going back to yeah. you need help furnishing your walls with photos. Well, we're, yeah, well, I don't know. I, think, I can help I th- you with that. I think we're, I think I can we're help okay you not know. having photos of ourselves up. Um, you need pictures of your your son. You need pictures yeah. <clears throat> of of the two of you because pretty soon. I feel like I'm being sold. I'm being sold on the podcast. No. <laughs> Why are you no. signing a contract over to me, right? <laughs> just sign right here. You'll get For pictures For those that are just wallet. listening, he's handing me a pen. <laughs> he's taking my wrist right now. I'm uncomfortable no, with this. you don't understand. <laughs> the contracts I, I have my client sign only with a quill. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. I oh. always wear it powdered wig byoq i only bring my own quill <laughs> that's good <laughs> man you think so quick <laughs> come up with those acronyms amazing oh boy anyways you were about to say something i was just saying i think it's time for meet and greet oh man well it is it is time for our favorite segment meet and greet dude just the confidence level we're just getting we're nailing it every week <laughs> it's it's really good but isn't it sad that we found confidence in what we're producing because the level of what we're producing, should we have confidence? Is this, you know, all of know. the market research was already done by McDonald's corporation. True. So true. we know that it's a winner. Yeah. Yeah. So winner, oh, winner, McChicken dinner. We're going to have to change this up. So, <laughs> so I have a meet and greet question for you today. Okay. Is that legal? It's, uh, it's legal. Okay. It's, so here goes. You have to choose one. You have to. I already there, don't like this. There's no escape. I am stubborn, so I don't like this. Yeah, well, it's happening. I'm going to do it. Whether I want. you want, <laughs> whether you want it or not, you have to choose one. Okay. Are you going to skydive or bungee jump? Oh boy! Can I talk about this for a second before giving you an answer? Well, it is a podcast. Okay. Why don't you cast your pod right now? <laughs> I'm going to cast it real good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I I was just having this conversation with someone. Um, (laughs) and not this particular, but (laughs) about skydiving. Well, you are really well prepared for this. (laughs) It's funny you say that because, uh, just yesterday (laughs) for mother's day, (laughs) me and my mom went skydiving (laughs) and bungee jumping moms. You want to (laughs) live? So I, when I was young twenties, um, I went through this period of time where Actually, not even young twenty, like eighteen, nineteen. I can't believe I this just, is coming with an origin story. I know this is it's amazing. <laughs> just sit down, relax, yes. get ready. I'm going to sign that contract. No. 
<laughs> Get this guy to shut up. <laughs> no, when I was 18, like 18-ish, I, I kind of went through this this time of thought where I just thought, you know, there's a lot of things that people always think that'd be cool to do and they just don't do them. Yeah. You know, skydiving is one of those sure, things or bungee jumping. Yeah. These things that seem like really extreme. And so I was talking to someone that I was just like, hey, like, what if we just do this? And yeah. it, it was the worship pastor of the church I was at at the time. I was the intern. And he was like a really good friend. So I was just talking about this with him. I was just like, dude, I feel like there's stuff that like people want to do and they just don't do. So what if we just go do it? And he's like, it seems like a bucket list. Isn't that what they, yeah, yeah. for sure. Okay. But it's stuff that people just don't do. I think about this in terms of backpacking. There are places on this planet that people would love to see that I would love to see with my own eyes and be there and see it. Yeah. But the only way to get there is to walk because there's not roads. I think about like backwoods alaska like gates of the arctic national park you have to get helicoptered in yeah you know there's no way to do and so i just think there's these things that people talk about oh that'd be cool and then they just never do anything with that and then they live their life they die and that's it i was just like i can't wait till we get to the end of this to realize (laughs) you've still not done these things well i haven't (laughs) okay that's not the point of this but so he said, this is what's going to go into this uh, decision. Yeah. But he, one of the things he said to me is like, dude, like if I was younger um, or maybe older, I would say yes, but I've got a wife, I've got a kid yeah, and you know, I can't afford to like, you know, not to take some big heavy take on this, but the reality is, is like, if something were to happen to me, like that, that's just kind of reckless for something that's kind of like a, you know. like an unnecessary risk to do something that's just like ah that's extreme cool we did it you know and it's relatively safe you know like statistically like it's it's not like yeah i I mean i haven't looked at the statistics but it's not like there's a 50 50 chance that the plane is just going to explode while you're in it you know i don't think so um and you know so um so it's not necessarily that but he's just like you know you you gotta you i think about my wife and my kid and just be like you know, is it necessary that I go and do this thing to to prove a point to myself or whatever, or prove a point to the world about yeah. you know? So I always thought that was really interesting. I'm like, yeah. How did you respond? Were yeah, you I like that? I was just like, were you like, buck, buck, no, no, no. I was just like, mm, that's a that's a pretty good reason. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right, I, <laughs> I think his it. reasons are valid. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. I was just like, yeah. no, that's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so I was just like, well, I'll go find someone else, and then I can find anyone. I'm like, well, I'm too much of a baby to do it by myself. Yeah. Well, it's fun. It would be fun to experience that. Yeah, with exactly. It's like I, don't, I'm that kind of person. Like, yeah. I don't want to do stuff by myself. I think you have to high five after something like that. Totally. Like in midair, in midair, as you're plummeting right. towards yeah. the earth right. for and if you're doing unnecessary a tandem reasons. Jump, it's like, you know, you're doing this. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So you're already like kind of. Anyway, so all that's to say is between the two. I I would probably look at the statistics and stuff, but I wonder if bungee jumping would probably be a little bit more my thing at this okay. point in life. But if all of that aside, yeah, all of that, you know, my point in life, the fact that I've got children and a wife and responsibilities and all those things, I'm gonna remove. I'm gonna go since I came up with this. I'm and I feel like I have. Wait, wait, wait. Let me answer it, and okay. then you can amend okay. it, and then we'll okay. talk about that. I, skydiving. Okay. It's definitely like, I, I want to do that. Okay. And it's almost, to me, is almost like, I'm more afraid of that, so I just more want to just do it. Yeah. You know? Okay. I hate heights, so. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to remove all, all risk. Death is. Yep. Is, there you go. Yep. Yeah. Skydiving. Skydiving. Okay. So yep. that seems, out of the two, much more appealing to you. Yeah. Is it the recoil of bungee jumping that seems no. horrific? No. I, it's not that. Um, it, it's... 
honestly, I, I look at them some kind of like kind of equally. It's not like I'm like, oh, I really don't want to do that, so I choose yeah. this. It's more like they're both cool. Yeah. I'll, but this one's more extreme. I feel like. What about that slingshot thing? You see people do that. Oh, I do that. I've seen so yeah. many people or videos of people just just passing out. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. They think it goes and they get maybe like three seconds. Yeah, and yeah. Like, often, often never, never land. Yeah, I would, I would try it. And then the person next to them is clueless. Yeah, that that the person right that they're sitting. They're to, like, hey, you loving this? Right. Oh, this is so much fun. Right. The other person's just like flopping around. Yeah, yeah. It's just like <laughs> like a feather in front of a fan. That's right. Just moving <laughs> That's however. Right. Yep. Inertia decides. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'd do that. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Okay. Yeah. How about you? Have you done either one? No. Okay. No, I always wanted to skydive. Yeah. But. Dude, you and me, man. Let's go. Well, at this point in my life, I've got a wife and uh, a kid. Okay, so and, you, yeah. you prescribe to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and this is original, what I'm saying right now. No one's, I've never heard anyone say this before, but I I've know, got a wife and a kid. Yeah, and do. I think that would be the, the wise yeah. thing. <laughs> Not do that. So would you kind of hit a point in life where that kind of like you're at peak responsibility, but like once you get a little bit older, is it just kind of like kids are off on their own? Uh, wife is taken care of, you know, she's, you know, we've, we're, we're old and kind of okay with something happens. I think it's just, as I've gotten older, I've gotten less reckless. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good way to put it, but, but less interested in un- unnecessary risk. Yeah. Like I've just become more and more conservative in decision-making. Yeah. Whether it's with my my body, whether it's with my finances, whether it's yeah. with the church, I mean, right. I just, I've just, you know, I just tend to, um, or as I've gotten older, I've just tended to kind of move more towards just can more conservative thinking yep. as opposed to, and, and you know, calculating risk mm-hmm. to a, a certain degree, and yeah. So neither one seems really that appealing to me anymore. But yeah. I think, you know, when I was in my late teens and 20s, you know, the idea of free falling sounded like fun. Yeah. You know what I would There's do? a song about that. Free falling? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. Thomas Petty. What's it called? Free fallen. Oh, okay. Free fallen. Oh. I think. I don't know if there's a Is there G. apostrophe at the end? Free fallen apostrophe. Yeah. Huh, and I'm free what 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 is he free? free oh, fall. gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the <laughs> this is horrible musical your, humor. Right. <laughs> this isn't even a funny musical. It's bad musical humor. That's well, not funny. We enjoy the rest's yeah, music. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's one thing we're known for. I like that. I was just talking about those our, guys enjoy the rests. And the music. rests. Yep. That's right. Just take a break. Yeah. Just stop. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> 20 minutes later right. free fall yeah, that's right. That's right. and i'm free what are you guys doing later he's hanging out go get yeah, a drink. Just, go free get fall right. yeah not not one you'd want to see not acapella no that one no yeah it'd be very yeah wouldn't want to there are songs like that where musically like when it's all together it's like this is a great song and then this is a great example of one where it's like the music makes it. it. Yeah, it does. It's not merely just the lyrics. Yeah, melody's fine, but yeah, you just got all that open space. Yep. Yeah. So, anyways, well, that's cool. Meet and greet. Yeah, that was great. Thanks for asking the question today. That hey, was you're cool. Welcome. Had nothing to do with anything outside of you. You are the one that genuinely just came up with it this this time. I really appreciate that. I did from the top of my brain. Your brain is very high too because <laughs> it's so big. <laughs> I think we covered that in an earlier podcast. It's a weird day. Well, 
<laughs> we're having you fun. ever just open your mouth and stuff comes out that you're just not expecting uh not 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 i mean my 20s you know yeah a lot i found I've that gotten more conservative <laughs> you've gotten more conservative <laughs> i have found that the more into fatherhood I get, the more yeah. I'm shocked by the dad humor that comes out of my mouth. Really? The, it, it just perpetually more dry. I wonder and if that's, is, is dad humor really dad humor? Is it is it tied or linked to being a dad or is it tied or linked to just aging? I think it's that probably. I think it's aging. Yeah. And I'm finding that the worse the humor gets, yeah. and I don't mean content like it's inappropriate worse. I mean like unfunny, like just yeah. so lame. Yeah, but I find that the the drier the humor and the worse the jokes and puns I say, the more I enjoy them. The thing is, is you're aware of it. Yeah. So I don't think it's true dad humor. I think. Well, you do know me enough at this point to know that part of the way I I work is to um, affect the people around me and just see what they do. <laughs> yeah. With with the questions I ask, yeah. the um the terrible jokes, the stuff. Yeah. I just I just like to see people's reactions sometimes. Have you as so. you've aged, you enjoy watching other people squirm. That's really bit. what it is. Yeah. That's why I ask the questions I ask. Well, that seems Christ-like. Yeah. It is. No. <laughs> it is. It's very So anyways, well, first Jared chapter 1. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Here we go. Oh <laughs> and gosh. another thing. We should probably talk about important things, heavenly let's get, things. Let's get to it. All right, let's, let's do get it. To it. So Sunday, we yes. wrapped up the I Am sermon series. Nine weeks. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, I uh, I was thinking as I was sitting there. Um, you know, you put obviously. You your, sat in you, a weird place on Sunday. I did. It threw me off. There were <laughs> the exact text that I received was. I should look this up because it's good. <laughs> From Sarah, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every single Sunday, you know, she'll come in second service and then we'll sit together. Yeah. This is what she... <laughs> well, first of all, it was a child dedication week, yeah, right? Yeah, and Mother's Day, yeah. Yeah. So we knew so, it was going to be a little bit busier. Yeah, so it's it pretty full. It a lot busier. It's pretty full. Um, and, you know, there's a lot... The, the room is just different, you know, because yeah. we've, we've made space for families. We've made space for, um, you know, anyway. So <laughs> this is what she texts me before we come out and start the service. Yes. She said she texts me and says, I'm sitting on the other side. Don't be thrown off. And I said, that's going to freak me way out because <laughs> right. I'm used to like as I'm leading, I'm used to like I, I look over at her. Right. And, you know, I see yeah. her. Yeah. And then she says, I know it feels wrong, but there's too many babies over there. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. like, what do you mean by that? And then I looked over and it's like, it wasn't that there were that the babies were bothering her. It sure. was that literally there were too many babies and their families for people to sit yeah, on that side. Of the, it was amazing. Right, yeah. The room was packed. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah, so was yeah. So we sat on the the weird side of the room. Yeah. It was different. It was. So. Yeah, people tend to have their spots. And, yeah. And when I when I preach, you know, there's certain people that I just tend to lock eyes with, yeah. you know, that I just either know uh, really well or yeah. well um, you tend to lock eyes with me quite a bit well you're you're very, very special to me you're affirming yeah. yeah i thought it was mostly because you know i need the preaching more than anyone else well I w i'm trying to make sure you're <laughs> up i feel like you know i know what goes into lead worship it's ty it's tire tiresome and so i just Is you know i awake what is i need he doing? to when i was a kid my dad preached yeah like he would call me out from the pulpit. Oh, dude! One time he he, he just I was giving this kid behind me an aggressive thumbs up. 
Um, and it was just an exchange we kept doing. Yeah. I don't even know how, I, you know, it just started with, I just, you're gave, just yeah, gave you're just having fun, up, right? And then, you know, he looked, he, I turned around, he looked at me, gave me a thumbs up and that yeah. was just like doing a really aggressive thumbs yeah. up. And my dad was preaching and, uh, I don't know, he was out of Psalms or something. I don't specifically remember what it, what it was, but he's yeah. like, you know, the, the Lord is my shepherd, son. And that's all he said. Oh, dude. And I, my thumb, I just thumbs down. Your thumb fell off at that point. I was terrified. Wow. Yeah, I was terrified. Yeah. So I, t- I tend to just, you know, find certain people that, you know, I just know and I just, you know, it's, a, it's affirming. And so when people move in the room, it doesn't mm-hmm. throw me off. It's just odd oh, to yeah. see. So when I looked to the left and saw you guys there, I was like... All right. That's... You know, it'd be weirder is if you look to the left, saw us sitting there, and then you look to the right and saw us sitting there. Well, that would be double vision. That would be. And yeah. So that'd be also weird, but scary. Or I had cloned myself. Right. And then I blink and everyone's gone. Yeah. And it was all and it's the just dream. us sitting in those two places. <laughs> You're like, what is going on? But then I look and it's me sitting. Looking back at yourself. Is the this room... a script? I think we're writing a script. This seems like a really odd nightmare script. Yeah. I don't like those movies. No, yeah, sleep yeah, yeah, so we wrapped up the I Am series. Yeah. How, how are you feeling about that? We've talked about this before of like you put the majority, obviously the t- your time goes into sermon prep. My yeah. time goes into like branding elements, like the bumper, like graphics, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. And so it's, it's interesting on that final day to watch that bumper video one last time. And it's almost like you're, you're saying goodbye. It feels like the Titanic, the last part of the Titanic is above the water and it's going underneath. And yeah. I don't know why that's the visualization. Cause it's not a tragedy right. uh, on the last time. It's, it's more so just like saying goodbye to a friend that you've like, we, we had a good nine week run and yeah. you know, I'll miss you. I'll remember you. And uh, you know, on to great things that the Lord has for us. So it's, anyways, it's uh sermon series are like Thanksgiving dinner for yeah. me. Like just all this prep, all yep. this work, you know, planning, at least that's how it is. At, you know, our, our house, like my mom is, you know, makes Thanksgiving meal or I'll make it, um, Rich family, we all kind of make it together. And so it's a lot of coordinating and a lot of planning and you get it all done. And you, yeah. And you're then you're grinding it out in the kitchen and you're sweating and you're putting it in, you're tasting stuff and then you're editing seasoning and all this kind of yeah. stuff. And then, and then everybody sits down and it's done in five minutes. <laughs> Did you just say editing and seasoning? Yeah. Do you edit your meals? Oh, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Most people would just leave it at like tweak. <laughs> like I tweak no, my meals. I no, tweak I the, edit. I edit. I edit. <laughs> I love that. I edit the seasoning. <laughs> I have to white out that part of the, the right. ingredients and the, right. the Start recipe. over sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I it, love that. Uh, and then it's done. Yeah. And it's done. And, and it's every done. Thanksgiving we're done. And we're like, wow, that yeah. was so much, so much work. Yeah. And it was over in five minutes. It's like a wedding day. Yeah. You know, all for that, sure. all that planning. Yeah. You so, barely remember it. So I feel, I feel good. I feel a sense of um, thankfulness uh, for the series. It, you always visualize these things and you hope <clears throat> and you pray that they're going to be fruitful. Yeah. <laughs> like you hope you're not off your rocker. Yeah. You know, with a series like I am, I mean, literally, yeah. I think I said it a couple of weeks ago, like I think every church on the, yeah. You know, planet has done I am so I know yeah, that was totally. a pretty safe bet yeah. the Grays was a little different story yeah you know uh, the series we're moving into King of Hearts is a little bit a different story yeah um, and we'll, this week we'll kind of get into you know the origin there's a single um, couple of verses that really uh, that whole idea came from and I want to yeah. unpack that a little bit but yeah, I feel I feel good but then it's it's done and then you just kind of hit the ground running yeah. it's this odd thing every I don't know if I've mentioned this here. I've said this before, so if I've said it here, I apologize to anybody who's this is redundant. But like, I get done on Sunday mornings and I grab my pile of notes 
and I <laughs> and I walk through the atrium and wherever the nearest trash can, I just <laughs> yeah throw the sermon in the trash can yep. and go to my office and just start over. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's just you just it's done. It's yeah. done. Yeah, and, you know, I've got it. a pile of of sermons. Yeah, uh, if the Lord ever called me to another church, I think it'd be set for sermon writing for a while. <laughs> got oh. seven years of stuff to, that I can use, and um, but yeah, it's so it's it's good to complete it, and I always look forward to the next thing. But then there's that you know anticipation of what's to come next, and yeah. what's the Lord going to do through that, and then the hope that everything that was just talked about for the last nine weeks, people, it's not in one ear and out the other, right. So, uh, feeling good, but we, we finished up that last, I am statement in, um, we took the, the way, the truth and the life and we kind of mm-hmm. unpack that. And so we ended with the life and I wanted to end, yeah. I wanted to end there because I wanted to end with this, uh, discussion about, you know, this thing that I think we've all wrestled with at some point in our life and we'll continue to wrestle with until it was so crazy yesterday just having um, people come up to me and, and the thing we wrestled with, let me digress and go back was you know what's my purpose in life right and i had so many of that young and then older generation Mm. uh, the ones that are trying to figure out what am i doing Mm -hmm. for the rest of my life and the ones that have retired yeah and are now like what am i doing for the rest of my life what's the you know what's the next thing and so um and then there's that demo in the middle that is grinding away you know maybe they've got young family maybe they're just getting married maybe they're looking for that that yeah. spouse or looking to have kids that are in their career or they think they're in their career. And yeah. so they're grinding away trying to figure out, you know, is this, is this it? Am I yeah. doing this forever? Is this yeah. my purpose here? And so it's something that I wanted to end with so that we could end with uh, what the scriptures say, you know, Ephesians two, Paul tells us what our purpose is. We're creating yeah. Christ Jesus to do good works. And that, excuse me, is a very, it's a very broad thing. Yeah. Right? Good. What are good works? And I just left it broad to, you know, just honoring the Lord and, yeah. you know, use the example of math and engineer quite a bit um, because math is something that we hammer into kids' heads and mm-hmm. something that we've used very little of, um, at least some of this heavy-duty math that we get into, right. like your, you know, algebra and all that kind of stuff, unless yep. you're specifically in a career that needs that, you don't really use that. Yeah. You know, if you go to a restaurant, you use percentages and, mm-hmm. you know, f- fractions and all that kind of stuff. But, yep. but you know, kind of going, you know, we spend all this time doing that. And then you spend all this time and you figure out you're an, you're an engineer, but you're not an engineer. You're not on this earth to be an engineer. Like you're on this earth to do good works. And so trying to figure out how can I do those good works? How, how can I honor the Lord in my engineering job? And people, that's something that I wanted to encourage people to take before the Lord and and ask him to show, like, show me, show me what I could be doing better in my job. Show me what I could be doing better in my marriage. Yeah. Um, show me how I can be a better father or better mother husband mm. wife show me how i can be better at single yeah um there's a we have this tendency i think as people i know i do and a lot of the people that i've you know know struggle with the same thing we're always kind of looking for the new the next the better and we we kind of miss what we're in there's this line in the show the office and I, I, I always had a misquote that, but I know you like The Office. Yeah, and it's, Andy says it. Yeah, the last, right, the last yeah, episode. Right, the it? last episode. And it's this yeah. really heavy, heavy line where he says something along the lines of, I wish there was a, a way to know you were in the good old days before they were over or something yeah. close to that. Yeah. And, and that's just it. We are in this time and period in our life, this season in our life. And we're so busy trying to figure out what our purpose is for the next thing that we forget what our purpose is yeah. now. And if we can just focus on the fact that our purpose is doing the good works that God has created for us to do, figuring out ways to honor him and glorify him yeah. within where we're at right now, 
then we're not going to be so concerned about what's next. And this is not a call for not preparing for what's next. Right. You know, it's just a call of contentment maybe yeah. more than anything. That's good. And so I was excited to <clears throat> end this series there and kind of cap things, cap things off. So, yeah, um, I th- that's a really good way of, of thinking about it, of like contentment. <clears throat> um, and one way I was kind of thinking about it is like, oftentimes we want to define good works by the thing we're doing. Right. Whereas, kind of what you were talking through yesterday is that whatever we're doing is actually defined is the thing that's defined by the good work. So no matter what you are doing, um, you know, kind of what, kind of what scripture says is like, no matter what you do, do it as unto the Lord. Right. Whether you eat or drink. Exactly. So similarly, like, you know, it's, it's not a bad thing to find a better fit in a career. Mm. It's not a bad thing. Changes is, you can't say that, uh, change is always a bad thing. But it could be if yeah. if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, if change happens for the wrong reasons. And I think that realizing that the Lord certainly leads us through seasons where we're we're meant to find our contentment in Him rather than the thing that we're doing for our job or the season of life we're in. Um, I mean, I've wrestled with that before in my life. I'm sure you have as well. I oh, think everyone sure. yeah. does. And the point is, is that we learn to find that contentment in Him, knowing that no matter what we're called to in the current season ultimately it's meant to to lead to good works yeah um and so i I think that's a really good point that you just talked about that contentment factor is huge so much of it's just kind of like you know climbing that corporate ladder we just have that mentality of you know wherever i'm at now is not where i'm going to be forever yeah and if i'm not making if i'm not moving then i'm not making progress right so let me just get real with it like i've hit the top rung yeah. <laughs> of, the, of the church ladder. Sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, you're and, not Pope yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, in fact, I wanted to show you my new business card. <laughs> Self-appointed Pope. <laughs> yeah. It just says Pope. Hope Christian Church Pope. <laughs> Are you the Hope Pope? <laughs> That's how I answer the phone. Hope Pope, can I help you? <laughs> It just sounds yes. so weird. I love that. That's great. Um, well, in the non-denom world, uh, you know, I've hit that top that top rung of the ladder. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere for me to go in the hierarchy of the church, if you will. Yeah. And so one of the things that I have wrestled with even over the last seven years is what's what's next? Yeah. Um, am I going to just be grinding away at hope for the next, you know, you know, I'm 43, I'll be 43 um, that this week. I'll be good grief, 43. Wow. <laughs> and, yeah, hang on. 10 years older than Jesus. Years. Yes. Um, and what day is your birthday? Sunday. <gasps> it's the oh, 15th. Yeah. We should have cake. <laughs> For the whole church. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I've thought about, you know, am I going to spend the next, you know, 22 years or you know, we're 20, what, 24 years, you got to retire at 67 now or whatever it is, yeah. um, doing this at, at hope. And so there's the idea, well, what, what is the, what is the next? Well, yeah. it's gotta be a bigger church, right? So let's, you know, go out there and find a bigger church. And I've never actively pursued that, right. but in my mind, I thought, well, there, you know, what kind of what's, what's next. And, yeah. and this is something that has, um, floated around in my brain from time to time. And, it caused me to have a lack of thankfulness and, mm. and contentment with where I'm at. And uh, this is why um, COVID was really good 
for me, um, mm. not my personal battle with COVID. <laughs> that, that was pretty horrible. It's actually. weird. COVID w- was really bad for other people, <laughs> yeah. but for me, it was actually good. But, you know, we try to, you know, be thankful in all circumstances. And so COVID has yeah. been really hard on the world. Yeah. And there's been a lot of tragedy surrounding COVID, certainly, yeah, and a lot definitely. of difficulty. And, um, but trying to be thankful for COVID mm-hmm. and what happened here at Hope was, you know, the numbers just dipped, they dropped, people didn't come. And, yeah. you know, at one point we were closed for three months and, yeah. you know, all the challenges with mandates and all the disagreement and all the division, all the mm-hmm. infighting that happened and right. um, all the hurtful things that were <clears throat> received either verbally, you know, written or in, in ear. And, uh, but it, it helped me to focus less on the, the numbers, you know, yeah. right? And so that was, that was beneficial. Um, but this idea of, of being, being content, like Paul says in Philippians four, in all circumstances and, you know, whether you have a lot or a little, that's, that's really what I was kind of driving home at is, you know, you have a life and God has sustained your life yeah. and you were created by Jesus through Jesus for Jesus. Like yeah. he made you for himself. That's good. And I was hoping that that language would be a little jarring. Yeah. It was for me when I started like even saying it out loud, like, Jesus made me for him. Right. It's like me going to the kitchen and making myself a sandwich. Yeah. You know, there's there's a difference yeah. between me going to the kitchen and making Henry a sandwich. Yeah. God God made us for for him. Yeah. He wants all parts yeah. of, of us and so wherever we're at in our vocation whether it's a pastor or an engineer or you know you're working at a, a retail store it doesn't it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. How can you bring God glory in that? Yeah, that job and good. and re- recognize that that's your main hustle. Yeah, everything else is kind of that side hustle. Yeah, so that's really good. But that's where we ended, and I was hoping that the the series was um, beneficial and that yeah. this kind of last push to listen this whole mm-hmm. thing. You you were made by God, you know, for Him. Mm-hmm. So don't don't waste your life. Yep. Take this time of reflection that we do here on Sunday mornings and bring it into your own yeah. your own life. But we got a couple of questions from um, the week previous. Yes. Uh, All right. Let's good. let's dive in. Yeah. All right. Your message on Sunday hit home for me because I too struggle with the strong desire to do good, but sometimes choosing not to and falling into the lie of the sin, whether it would be for comfort or a result of anger or even boredom. I ask God for forgiveness and the strength to rely and run to him in those circumstances, but how do I shake the thought of God eventually just giving up and Mm -hmm. saying enough is enough like he did with Pharaoh during the Exodus? I feel like thinking this way is also the lie of sin, but I would like your input. Thanks. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a great question. It is. And it's a, it's a heavy question. And again, I think this is a question that many of us have, um, asked ourselves, and this is uh, referring back to the Sermon on the Truth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if Jesus is the truth, what is the lie? Sin is a lie, yeah. and don't buy the lie of sin. Fight the lie of sin with the truth of Jesus, and where do we get the truth of Jesus from? We get it from his word. So I want to kind of break this down <clears throat> into a couple of sections and maybe even answer uh, some questions that they didn't ask. <laughs> yeah. um, but one of the things that Christians will often run the risk of doing is inserting themselves into a specific narrative of Scripture. Yeah. And I'm going to say there's, there's two words I want to bring up, the word narrative and the yeah. word normative. Yeah. And there are certain things in Scripture, certain events that happen, and certain people 
and I'll say characters or types of people that are part of a specific narrative. Right. And that's what they're there for. They're a part of that narrative, but it is not the norm. It's not the normative thing. It's not the the normal operating uh, of our Lord to move pieces and situations in this way. It's This is a story, and the story is designed to get people from one place to another or yeah. to grow their faith in one way mm-hmm. or another. And so I've heard people over the years say uh, things like, <laughs> it's somebody, uh, I had to do some coaching uh, one time, um, and this individual that was doing uh, this coaching, and this was something that a guy that I worked for, mm-hmm. and I was being coached by a Christian organization, uh, a guy that I was working for wanted us to do some coaching, and the guy that was doing the coaching uh, said to me, he's like, you know, you're just like Jacob. Oh, you're like Jacob, like I can sense you're wrestling with God. And so, I don't know, like a week later, I'm chit-chatting with somebody else that was going yeah. through the same coaching that worked for the same organization. And I was like, how's it going? And they were like, good. They, this guy, you know, told me I'm just like Jacob. And I'm like, well, he told me I'm like Jacob. So are we both like Jacob? And this, <laughs> and this guy and I were complete opposites. So we couldn't yeah. both be like Jacob. And, right. and the thing is, neither one of us were like Jacob. Yeah, yeah, J- yeah. Jacob was <laughs> somebody yep. part, of a, part of a narrative. Yeah. And so... I say all of that uh, because kind of one of, the, one of the questions I ask God for forgiveness and strength to rely uh, and run to him and those sort of, how do I shake the thought of God eventually giving up and saying enough is enough like he did with Pharaoh during the Exodus. And so I want to point to Romans chapter nine. Uh, this is a very difficult section of scripture for uh, I think uh, the majority of Christians. Yeah. And we're not going to get into all the husbands with all of this. Um, husbands, husbands. <laughs> I think I'll start at uh, verse fourteen. Um, this whole section of Romans nine is talking about God's sovereignty. Yeah. And uh, this Sunday we're going to talk a little bit about that word uh, sovereignty, what that what that means. Yeah. Um, so, verse fourteen, Paul is is going on and he says, "What shall we say then?" Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose I have raised you up, that I might show my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So I'll just uh, stop there. What God did with Pharaoh, and this is part of the difficulty of Romans 9, but we'll get into a little bit of this. Pharaoh was born for this moment. Yeah. That's that's what it says. Uh, for this very purpose, I have raised you up that I might show my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. God hardens Pharaoh's heart yeah. because that's what Pharaoh was was supposed to hear. That's why he was here. Yeah. You know, that why is why was Pharaoh on this earth? So that God could display his his power in him. Yeah. So that is a it's part of a narrative, mm-hmm. a very specific, very important narrative in yeah. scripture. Um the idea that um giving up and saying enough is enough like he did with Pharaoh, that's not what happened. Yeah. God didn't give up on Pharaoh. Right. Pharaoh was built and born and designed yeah. for this. Pharaoh was not uh Seeking last week, we talked about desire. Yes. Pharaoh was not desiring to have a relationship with the God of Israel. I was, I was just thinking of that. Yeah, it's not had, like he was like, I really want to let the Israelites go, but God won't. <laughs> but I, God won't I, let I just, me. Yeah, but God won't let me. That's not what, nope. what happened. Um, not at all. 
a hammer is meant to hammer in nails. That's what a yeah. hammer is meant to do. It's it's forged, it's built, it's created yeah. to hammer in nails. And to use it for any other purpose, you can use hammers for lots of different purposes, but it was designed to do that. Pharaoh was designed for this moment, for this narrative. And so the idea that God gave up on Pharaoh is, is not correct. That's yeah. not what happened. And the idea that God will give up on a child of his is also yeah. not correct. That's not what happens. I want to go back to we'll go back to Romans and we'll go back to uh the chapter right before this. Uh Romans chapter eight and yeah, I'll start in verse thirty seven. Um No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, for I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is the chapter before. So if you... If the Lord has given you faith, if you are a child of his, nothing can separate you from that. There, yeah. It's not like you're going to sin, yeah. and all of a sudden he's like, that, that was it. Yeah. You know, you got 100 <laughs> yeah. sins, and boy, you burn through those pretty quick. Yeah. So you're that's it. You're done. Yeah. Um, I'm done with you. That is not the story of Pharaoh, and that is yeah. not the story of anyone who is truly in Christ, who yeah. he is their Lord and Savior. We have to remember Ephesians 2, 4, that God is rich in mercy. Yeah. Think about a person that's rich. When we think of rich, what do we think of? Money. Yeah. And you know who's the richest person in the world right now? Elon Musk, I think. What, 300, 300 billion, something like that? Something crazy. <laughs> something like that. That's probably. rich, right? Yeah. That's rich. Um I saw this thing, uh, the difference between a million seconds and a billion oh, yeah. seconds. Uh-huh. A million seconds is 12 days, and uh-huh. a billion seconds is 31 years. Yeah. So this guy has 300. Yeah, it's crazy. It's nuts. So that's a guy that's rich. Yeah. He's not running out of money. No. <laughs> Unless, I mean, obviously things can go south. And yeah, all Twitter might lose all its value. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's, po- it's entirely possible. But... God is rich. He's rich in mercy. What is yeah. mercy? Is not getting what you deserve. We all deserve death. That's what we deserve. Mm-hmm. We deserve for God to give up on us, but he but he doesn't. If God were to give up on us, it would be God giving up on Jesus because remember Jesus took our place. Mm-hmm. So Jesus took our place on the cross and if God gave up on us, then that means the blood of Jesus wasn't rich enough to cover all of our sin to satisfy God's wrath, to fulfill mm-hmm. the law, all those things. So in order for God to give up on you, he's got to give up on Jesus and that just ain't happening. So Ephesians 2 God's rich in mercy. Um there's there's only one unforgivable sin. And that's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. I want to go there and just read this uh, real quick. Um, I suppose it doesn't need to be quick. We're doing a podcast. It's a podcast. <laughs> you can take our sweet time with this. <laughs> <laughs> so Matthew chapter 12, verse 31. That's where it's at, I believe. So I will start. Yeah, I'll just go right there. So... Um, Verse 31 says, Therefore I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blaspheming against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or the age to come. So how I understand blaspheming of the Holy Spirit is it's the rejection. It's a person that doesn't have faith. And so if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, rejecting the gospel message that's what you're doing and so you can't if jesus is the way the truth and the life if you reject jesus 
and he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can get to the Father except through me, then there's no way you can get to the Father. So you're blaspheming, you're rejecting yeah. that that message. And so that's that's that unforgivable sin. But this listener is not, that's not where they're at. No. They have a strong desire to do good. Where does that desire come from? It comes from the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. So, yeah. But sometimes not choosing not to and falling into the lie of sin. You're in great company. That's every Christian that's ever existed, yeah. including Paul. And we talked about that with Romans 7. Whether it would be for comfort or result of anger or even boredom, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get it. Yep. I ask God for forgiveness, uh, which is another thing that we could maybe touch on a, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, those sins are forgiven. Yeah. Uh, confess those sins. Confession yeah. is agreeing with God that those are sins. You don't need to ask for his forgiveness. He's already given you forgiveness of sins, but you confess and acknowledge that those things are sin and then repent, right? And the strength to rely and run to him in those circumstances about how do I shake the thought that God will eventually um, give up and say enough is enough. Well, that's that's not what he will do, right? Nothing can separate us from his love. Yeah. What can throw people off with this sometimes is there's this section uh, in Hebrews chapter 10 that I'll flip to. And I think it's important to cover this because if you start doing any kind of research, you're going to wind up here anyways. So I'm not a, I am a fan of showing the other side of things where people will be like, well, hang on, what's it say in Hebrews 10? (laughs) I don't know why I'm talking like this. I like that. Can you not stop? Just keep, just yeah. keep. Uh... Absolutely. So, anyways, Hebrews 10, 10. <laughs> so Hebrews ten twenty six says this: For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there is no longer, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. Mm. So, how people normally read that, and uh, even pe- some of you that are listening right now, uh, you might be reading that and going, "If we, if we go on sinning deliberately." And the challenge with this is that that word, if we go on sinning deliberately, seems like it's talking about any sin out there. Right. Now, if we go on sinning deliberately, but we have to remember what comes after, after receiving the knowledge of the truth. What is what is the truth? The truth is the gospel message. Yeah. The truth is... The truth. <laughs> the truth. <laughs> the truth is that, you know, Jesus was the Son of God. He he came to earth in the form of a man. He lived a holy, yeah. sinless, blameless life. He sacrificed that life on a cross. He was buried in the ground. Three days later, he rose from the grave, and now he sits at the right hand of the Father. And that that work completed and satisfied the law, and that that work uh, allows us to now be in right standing, uh, positional holiness, in right standing with God. The righteousness of Jesus is imputed, it's transferred to us, and so now we are positionally holy. And what people think that this is talking about is progressive holiness. I don't think it is, because it says if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, well, it's the singular truth in the whole truth that he's talking about. And he goes on, um, you know, having uh, in verse 19, basically telling us, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, this whole thing is about assurance of faith. Mm. And so he's talking about the assurance of faith. And so when he says in verse 26, if we go on sinning deliberately, I believe that this writer is referring to that unforgivable sin, that Mm. rejecting and the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. You know the truth of Jesus Christ, but you go on sinning, rejecting that. So if you reject it, of course there's not going to remain a sacrifice for that sin. Mm. That that's done, whether in this age or the age to come. And he goes on, but a fearful expectation of judgment. 
So now we're talking post-mortem. We're talking, you know, um, things after you die and fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse of punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled under the foot of the Son of God? Oof and has profaned the blood of the covenant. This is how we know he's talking not about sin in general or progressive holiness, but positional holiness and the rejection of the Spirit. So what some might see is, okay, well, if we go on sinning deliberately, I'm, I sin deliberately, you sin deliberately. Um, if, we, if we do that, then, well, now there's no longer any sacrifice, so I can fall out of God's favor. I can lose my yeah. salvation. We're going to have a question after this. I'm going to open that up a little bit more because there is a section of Scripture in, in 1 John that we need to address that talks about the practice of sinning, but that's not what this listener is talking about. Yeah. They, they have a strong desire to do good. Mm -hmm. Just like Paul says, I want to do good, but I can't seem to do it all the time. Yeah. And I used uh, this language before, and I think it's important to use it again. Knowing Jesus doesn't make you sinless, mm -hmm. but it should make you sin less. Mm -hmm. And so if there is progress with normal regress, yeah. and that's how it goes, then I think I think you're okay. Um, you're not going to wind up being like Pharaoh. There there was only one Pharaoh yeah. built, designed, born for that purpose. Yeah. Pharaoh wasn't chasing a relationship with Jesus Christ, and God was like, well, he's not letting these people go. So there you go, man. You're going to yeah. get you know, all kinds of messed up. That's not that's not how it is. I think they hit the nail on the head with the last sentence. I feel like thinking this way is also the lie of sin. You betcha. Yeah. That's a lie. And that's what sin sin does, is it is it lies. Um so yeah, all that to say, um, nothing can separate you from Christ's love. You won't become Pharaoh. One unforgivable sin, that's a rejection of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And um, you know, you're not gonna be sinless, you're gonna sin less. That's what, really are, good. what are your thoughts? I've talked forever. <laughs> Yeah, that was really good. Um, no, I agree. And um, it's always interesting to me, um, like when we come across questions like these in the podcast, the scriptures you'll pull up and the scriptures that that I that come to me. Yeah, like that's super interesting to me. But so immediately I thought of uh, of uh, John six thirty seven through forty, where Jesus says, "All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me." I will never cast out. Yeah. I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So Jesus is saying, I'm not going to cast you out. Yeah. Furthermore, it's the Father's will that I don't lose you. Um, and... I like to think about it this way. The, the reality is, is um, the, the depths of our sin is so much worse than we like to believe or even more unfathomable than we can even really understand. Yeah. Maybe this side of eternity, if ever, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I think the reality is, is that if we could lose our salvation in from, from ongoing sin, no one would be saved. <clears throat> Right. No one could do it. Right. Um, it's not a certain, like you said, like your hundred sins, like it's yeah. just like you were pointing out, it's not a certain number of sins. It's like the infinite wickedness of our sin before the infinite holiness of a the God of the universe. Um, so it's not that you get a certain amount of grace, a certain amount of mercy, and then that, you know, if you go through, if you burn through all that, ooh, you're out. It's, 
no, there's no possible way that you, if it's put in your hands at all, right. Like you're done. Like yeah. that's it. Um, I saw a quote, uh, actually this morning, I can't remember the rest of the quote, but one section, this, this individual, I think it, uh, it was a theologian. He was just saying like, when it comes down to it, Christ doesn't trust us with our salvation. <laughs> it's right. like, yeah. He's like, nope, I got it. Right. <laughs> that's why I came down. <laughs> right. That's why I, uh, took on that human flesh. Yeah. That's why I joined myself to humanity. Right. Uh, in such a profound way. Um, and for him to then be like, but it's up to you guys. Right. You know, I, yeah. I'm yeah. hands off on this. Like, no, right. <laughs> look at everything he did. Look at look at all of all of human history, all of everything we see, like even from early on in Exodus, like you were just pointing to, like God has intentionality and control in every every point in history because he has a particular will. He has a particular plan of redemption. Yeah. This, he knows how the story ends. Yeah. He knows what's up. So I he's mean, that's move what the pieces to get them there. for sure. Scripture yeah. says he knows the, the, the end from the beginning. He knows the beginning from the end. He, yeah. he has written all of history. He yeah. sees it all and knows it all. Um, and he's so much, uh, you know, he's so much more, uh, over things than we can even begin to fathom because he's God and we're not, (laughs) you know? And so, um, you know, we come to salvation and that's the lie of sin that we are, that you were just talking about is that Jesus, Jesus isn't, he's not right when he says that he'll, he'll never cast people in. He runs out of patience with his, with his people. He eventually, he's just going to be done and cut them off. Like, that's not that's not what Jesus says. Yeah, and uh, I think it's like passages like this. Everything you talk through, um, specifically, it's interesting in Hebrews talking about that assurance of faith, uh, the yeah. assurance of salvation. Um, you know, our Savior, you know, is good, and our Savior keeps His promises, and He has committed Himself to His people. He died for His people. Uh, he died. If you if you're in Christ, he died for you. If uh, the truth has come to you and you believed, you only believed because the Holy Spirit gave you faith. Yeah, you know it's because of of um, supernatural work outside of you. Yeah, uh, outside of each of us. So what we talked about yesterday, like we work for Jesus. Yeah, it'd be like me going to get a job at a McDonald's and going in there and they hire me, and every day when I show up to work. I'm like, are you sure that are you guys sure that I work here? <laughs> like, are you sure? You know, are, is this, is it okay if I you know flip the burgers today? Is it okay if I take the orders today? And, yeah. And then every single day, are you guys sure I work? And they're like, dude, yeah. we hired you. Yeah. Like, and that's a that's who hired me. I didn't hire myself. Right. A manager, somebody in authority. Yep. Hired me. Yeah. So God created you. He's given you faith. You desire to do those things. You believe, yeah. you know, that Jesus is the Son of God. You've confessed through the mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe yep. in your heart that God raised him for the dead. You are saved. So we don't need to keep asking the manager, do I work here? Yeah. We we work here. Now start flipping burgers. Now start taking orders. Now do the good works that God has prepared in advance yeah. to do. And so you're you've been hired. You're yeah. you're in. And the only person who can fire you <laughs> is the manager. And what God says is if you work here, you're not getting fired. Yeah. He, you can't even quit. Yeah. <laughs> like this is it. Because it's his <laughs> it's his decision to do all those things. Yeah. Um so that should give us great comfort. I know yeah, for I some of us so. it, it you know creates more questions, but at the end of the day it should leave us with with great comfort. But what a great why, question. When you said that uh you <laughs> 
you'll never be fired and you can't quit. And I don't know why Hotel California just popped <laughs> in my head. It's like, what's the scriptural way of saying that? It's not that you can, you can never leave. You can, you can check out, but you can never leave. I feel like Paul's way of saying that is like those who will never leave or those who never check out will never leave. Right. <laughs> like, hmm, that is okay. <laughs> Welcome Great. to the Roman Coliseum. Oh my gosh, Coliseum. <laughs> oh, oh, oh boy. Okay, that was a great question. Fantastic. Really, really good. Thank you yeah. for asking that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. On to the next question. Hello, Pastor Neil. I have been listening to your podcast on my way to work, and I have such a curious question on what the Bible says about gays or being gay. I myself am not one, but it's something I have always been curious about. If you could take time to answer and talk about this topic, that would be fantastic. Thank you, and have a blessed day. So the question about what does the Bible say on homosexuality? Yes, uh, the Bible has quite a bit to say, and this is one of those hot topics. It's been a hot oh, topic yeah. for a long time, continues to be a hot topic. Yeah. There are certain you know topics, or we're experiencing one in you know culture right now, right? Goodness, with, yes. With uh, you know abortion and, yeah, and the, Ro- Ro- the leaked right? decision, yeah. yeah, yeah, all of that. And so, uh, homosexuality is uh, one of those topics. I've done uh, before. I start unpacking this. I would refer yep. anybody to a series I did in 2018. If you go to the church website, you should be able to find it. You'll have to go to the archive. Um, and then probably separate by speaker, the Jedi archives, the Jedi archives. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, it's Q and a round four from 2018. And, uh, I did a whole sermon on homosexuality and the question that we were trying to answer was, can a homosexual be a Christian? Mm. Can a homosexual be a Christian? And I said, yes and no. Mm. Yes and no, and uh, everyone laughed, and then the room got very, <laughs> very, <laughs> oh. very tense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, people are instantly angry on both both sides. Yep. And where I landed with this was starting off by trying to figure out: Is homosexuality a sin? What does the Bible say about homosexuality? And so I'm going to read some sections of Scripture and. We'll just go through, and I won't really even need to explain beyond the text because the text is very, very clear. And I'll start with the lengthiest of them. I'll start in Romans chapter 1, and we'll just start in verse 1 here. So Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Christ Jesus. It's a long intro. It is. It's fantastic. (laughs) It is so good. (laughs) To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, that is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise 
and to the foolish. So I'm eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation, everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in righteousness for excuse me, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Now, here we go. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. So ungodliness, unrighteousness, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of God for... uh, the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, here we go. God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. This reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And I'll stop there. So uh, I read all of that just to give us some background uh, yep. and a little bit of context of you know why Paul is writing, who is he writing to. But it's clear that uh, this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions. Something is dishonoring to the Lord, that means it's not honoring to him, that means it's not pleasing to him, that means it's sin. sin. It's sin. Yeah. And it talks about women exchanging natural relations, um, to contrary or relations that were contrary to nature, and men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion. It's talking about homosexuality, Romans mm-hmm. chapter 1. So that's the first one. Um, I think the the second one in the New Testament that a lot of people would uh, go to would be uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and I'll flip there, starting in verse, uh, yeah, we'll just start in verse 9, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor uh, swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Sin. Mm-hmm. First Corinthians chapter 6. Uh, we'll go to First Timothy chapter 1. I've got all these page numbers. I, I don't have enough bookmarks in this <laughs> Bible for this. So I just jot down page numbers. <laughs> First Timothy 1, uh, verse 10, that will start in 8. Now we know the law is good if one uses it lawfully, understanding this, that the law is not laid down for the just, but for the lawless and the disobedient, for the ungodly and the sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who strike their fathers and mothers, for murderers, the sexually immoral men who practice homosexuality, and slavers, liars, and it goes on to you know continue on this list. And I'll just stop there. So the Bible makes it clear that homosexuality is a sin. So if we answer the question, can a homosexual be a Christian? And I say the answer is yes, and the answer is no. What does that hinge on? Well, it hinges on practicing homosexuality. If you are a person with a same-sex attraction, and uh, you are a man attracted to a man, you are a woman attracted to women, and you do not give in to that temptation, 
you resist the sin, then absolutely you can have a thriving, wonderful connection with Jesus Christ as any person. Uh, yeah. I am a heterosexual man. Mm-hmm. I I am attracted to women. Yeah. And this is not uh, me degrading my wife in any way, shape, or form. Rachel and I have had unbelievably, <laughs> unbelievably transparent conversations about this, but it would be you know, silly for me to try and pretend like I have never found another woman attractive. That's that's silly, but I don't give in to that temptation. I don't give right. in to that desire. I fight that. Yeah. And so if you are a person that has same-sex attraction, but you don't practice and don't give in to that temptation, then absolutely you can be a Christian. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit can come in and can help you fight that sin because homosexuality is a sin like every other sin. Sexual sin, we've talked a lot about sexual sin on this podcast. Yeah, we have. Uh, homosexuality, pornography, lust, adultery, fornication, it's all sin. Yeah. It's all sin. In the in the point of you know God giving us an escape route, a way of escape, is that we take the other path. We don't yeah. give into the sin, whether that's homosexuality or not. Yeah. So uh, that's the yes portion of it. Can a person be a homosexual, a practicing homosexual, and be a Christian? And I believe the answer is no. And that answer is based on what John writes. Remember I said, put a kind of a pin in it. Yep. And this is not the same as Hebrews. Hebrews is talking about positional holiness, our standing before God based on righteousness. Uh, in First John chapter 3, verse 8. I'll flip there real quick. Is that crazy loud in the microphone i hope so these pages the ruffling of and now back pages. to the turning of pages yeah i like that that's nice okay so we'll start in i think verse eight here yeah let's start there whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil for the devil has been sinning from the beginning The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's Mm. seed abides in him. And he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. This is talking about progressive holiness. This is that road to sanctification. The challenge with this is that there are some really big words in here, um, and I think the ESV does a fine job translating it. Yeah. Uh, but practice of sinning, practice of sinning, that is talking about willful, deliberate, intentional, habitual sin. Yeah. This is a person that would say, "I believe." In we're talking in context of homosexuality, I believe that the Bible um, is okay with homosexuality. I don't think homosexuality is a sin. Therefore. I'm going to live a homosexual lifestyle. Uh, I believe that, um, you know, having a fornication, having sex with somebody outside of marriage is okay. You know, we love each other. You know, we're going to get married eventually. Mm-hmm. I, and so you make, you make peace with that sin. Yeah. When you make peace with sin, you wage war against God. Yeah. That's what you do. God hates sin. Yeah. And to make a practice of sinning, to do something habitually, intentionally, willfully, deliberately, to do that 
and make and be like, yeah, it's it's fine. I yeah. don't I don't believe it's a sin. Then the Holy Spirit can't be dwelling in you. If the Holy Spirit's dwelling in you, then you're going to be that same miserable person that Paul is in Romans seven. You're going to be like, why do I keep doing the things I don't want to do? Yeah, yeah. Who will save me from this life of death? This mm-hmm. life of sin and death. I think the NIV says. Thank God, the answer is Jesus Christ. So, where all of this typically, what all of this, I should say, typically hinges on is a person's position on whether or not the Bible um, says that homosexuality is a sin. It it prohibits homosexuality, it condemns homosexuality, or it doesn't. Yeah. And I think that just within those three verses yeah. um, in the New Testament, and there's you know certainly many others, even in the Old Testament, where we see uh, this being condemned, that this... That homosexuality, homosexual lifestyle is a sin. That's yeah. what it is. But if you have that tendency, if you have that attraction, mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit is in you and helps you fight that, then yeah, absolutely, you can be a Christian. But if you give into that, then absolutely not. Yeah. I would say the same for any sexual sin, though. Yeah. If if you are a chronic adulterer, yeah. If you are if you are a chronic if you are viewing pornography willfully intentionally deliberately something's off yeah if you're not miserable in your skin yeah if you're not if you're not disgusted right we talked about the that sin is a liar mm-hmm. if you're not hurt by if you're not angry about it if you're not hurt about it if you're not confused <laughs> by mm-hmm. it then that's an indication that the holy spirit isn't dwelling in you because yeah. light and dark can't dwell together yeah. They can't be together. We talked about it uh, last week when we looked at Galatians chapter 5, that that sin nature and the Spirit are constantly opposed to one mm-hmm. another. They're always hostile. So if you're not feeling some sort of internal struggle, some sort of uh, internal tension, yeah, and you're just out there just sinning away sexually yep. in any way, shape, or form, homosexuality, pornography, fornication, it doesn't matter. If you're living with your boyfriend or you're living with your girlfriend and you guys are just... You know, just living as a married couple, you know, intimately, that something's off. Yeah. Something is off. Um, so, again, I would encourage this listener to to go and listen to that sermon uh, from 2018 Q&A round, round four. And there's a little bit more uh, in depth to that. That's good. But, yeah, what what does the Bible say about gays or being gay? He says, the Bible says that being gay is a, is a sin. Yeah. Uh, but what the Bible says about gays is the same thing the Bible says about any sinner. Yeah. That the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Yeah. And so if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, here we go again, and believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, then you are you are saved. But you have to agree yeah. uh, with God's law. Yeah. And God's law is just absolutely clear here. Yeah. And it's that way for homosexuality or any other sin. If you are a habitual liar yeah. or a cheater exactly, or a thief, yeah. I mean, that's why these lists yep. are so long in Corinthians. Yeah. You know, sorceries on a list. Right. Yeah. <laughs> at yeah, some yeah. Point. All that stuff. Yeah. So what are your thoughts? No, I agree with you. And that's kind of what I was going to point out is just that, you know, it's easy to look at these extreme sins. And, and certainly culturally, there's more of a push to, for acceptance. Um, oh, absolutely. You yeah. know, of course. But, uh, you know, within the church, it's easy to look at these and say, well, to- of course that's sin and stuff. And then forget the the fact that it's not merely this sin. It's that all sins that, be, you know, we like to use the word lifestyle or you were saying practicing like those kind of things, you know, and you, then you hit it at the end. Like, do you make do you make a lifestyle of greed? Do you make a lifestyle of thievery? <laughs> do you make right. a, laugh, a lifestyle of gossip? Do you, you know, have you committed yourself to those particular habits of sin? 
Um, and you know, if you have, then, then you're in the same boat. You need to be asking questions of why am I okay living my life this way? Um, and, and I would say that, you know, the person who's asking that question is probably in a good place and hopefully repent, like approaching repentance, if not walking out that repentance already or beginning to, I think there are very real questions, genuinely asked questions of like, Hey, I'm struggling with this thing. Is God okay with it or not? Right. And really having to work through that. And it's yeah. not always a quick flip the switch. It's not always an easy road. Um, certainly you know, we're called to die to ourselves. And so someone who's struggling with homosexuality may have a very hard road ahead of themselves as they trust in the Holy Spirit, as they trust in Christ to uphold them with his righteousness and trusting in the Holy Spirit to strengthen them, to yeah. fight that sin and to take that escape route that, that we've been promised there is. Um, but that doesn't mean it's easy. Just like any of us has a hard road with our particular sins that we struggle with and everyone's different, but it all comes down to what you said. Sin is sin and we're called to repent of that. And if you find yourself, um, you know, practicing and doubling down on that and just really enjoying that sin, you're at war with God. Yeah. (laughs) So, well, it's arrogance, right? right. Because you're saying that your desires trump God's law. Right. And what does, what does Peter tell us that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I think one of the things that's so difficult about this sin of homosexuality in, in particular is I remember when I preached that sermon, I had an individual come up to me and say, you know, I mean, it's really easy for you to preach that sermon because you don't struggle with homosexuality. You're a heterosexual male that's married. So you can exercise your desires and your uh, sexual desires and sexual lusts within the bounds of your marriage. You know, a person that is, you know, struggles with that sin of homosexuality can't, can't realize anything anything sexually and so it's easy for you to say that um and the other thing that is often communicated is that you know well i mean people were people say well they were born yeah this way right those are the two two big ones and i mean those are really those are real things um Mm -hmm. you know the first one in particular like yes it is a it is a an unbelievably difficult thing to live a celibate lifestyle yeah i would imagine yeah you know, I, again, I'm married. I don't have to do that now. I mean, as a young man, I had to to do that, and I failed yeah. miserably. I failed, and so yes, it's incredibly difficult. But it is not too difficult for our Lord to do. He mm-hmm. can do that work. Um, he can remember that Paul was single, and Paul says that I, I wish you were all like I. Yeah, you know, I wish that you were you were single, and so for him to say that, and mm-hmm. for the Holy Spirit to prompt him to say that, means that God can overcome, certainly overcome sexual desire. Yeah, and so to say that, you know, well, that's incredibly difficult. Yeah, I believe it would be incredibly difficult, but I also believe that yeah. God can handle the incredibly difficult. Yeah, uh, Scripture's packed full of God handling the incredibly difficult. Yeah. This idea of you know I was born this way. People ask me before they're like, do you think you're born? A homosexual do you think you're born gay and i said well you're born a sinner right so i mean your sexual sin you're born a sinner and you're going to have some type of sexual sin and so right. if your sexual sin manifests itself in same-sex attraction mm-hmm. that's you know really no different than my sexual sin of desiring to look at pornography that's the right. same it's the same thing so are you born well, yeah you're born as you're born a sinner yeah. you know uh, i 
opened up to Psalm 51, uh, 5, you know, David communicates this, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, <laughs> and yeah. in sin did my mother conceive me, yeah. like we're born sinners. Yeah. So nobody has to teach us how to sin. No. I mean, I'm Henry's five, he's talking, he's sinning like crazy. I mean, we've caught Henry, you know, lying to us and, and manipulating us and doing things that aren't honoring to the Lord and not honoring his mother and his father. And yeah. so, yeah, nobody had to teach him how to do it. I didn't sit Henry down and be like, listen, when I ask you if you ate something off the floor, here's how you lie. You know, he's, but he's done that. Yeah. We try to keep him from eating things off the floor. <laughs> As a parent does. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what did you put in your mouth? And then I've seen him with this look on his face. He's like. I guess I don't really know what that was. <laughs> it looked like a raisin. Oh, <laughs> like, boy. I don't know if that was a raisin. <laughs> so so nobody had to teach him how to do that because yeah, yeah. he was born, he was born in sin. He has that that sin nature in him. Yeah. And so, yes, people are born sinners. And yes, their sexual sin may manifest itself. Yeah. But yes, Jesus can overcome all of that. Yeah. I don't know what it's like. Mm. I don't know. But not uh, a, a person that struggles with same sex attraction doesn't know what I struggle with in my desires right. to, you yeah. know, view maybe pornography or lust yeah. after other women. I mean, it, and it's not a contest. No. It, who who wins is Jesus. Jesus yeah. wins, wins it all. And so I have great empathy or as much as I can have great empathy as yeah. a fellow sinner of how <clears throat> sin can wreck yeah. an individual's life. And I know that sexual sin has presenting unbelievable challenges for me yeah. in in my life and continues yeah. to to be something that I have to fight against on a right. daily basis yeah. and it's exhausting and that's one of my many yeah. you know sins that I that I struggle yeah. with and deal with and have to fight against and so that's good yeah, yeah I have great um yeah great uh, I think um care and concern for people that are in uh, that struggle and yeah. dealing with that that lifestyle, um, but you know Christ can overcome. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart; I've overcome the world. So, yeah. so Jesus can overcome that. Certainly. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. really good. Yeah, I mean, it, no matter what the sin is, like, and I think we can say this. Like, we've we've been kind of talking about this idea of like war with God or whatever. But it's like it's true. You're either battling against your sin or you're battling against God. And like, you can't have both. Right. Um. And you know. The important, the important things to remember, especially as Christians who kind of can sometimes find ourselves kind of confronted with this kind of this debate, this question, um, is that we're not relying on our own experience with a sin to be able to say, well, I can objectively say that this is wrong because I myself have struggled with it. Right. That's not our authority. Like, oh, no. The, we're not even claiming that we're the authority. We're right. saying that God is the authority and right. we're all we're doing is communicating what he's communicated we're just pointing to what he's already said. Yeah, so we're not setting the standard. We're not setting the standard yeah. and we're not, that's, that's why it's so important that we're consistent though, is that we're not saying, well, you can't do that. And then giving ourselves an excuse of like, well, it's okay for me to do my sins. Right. It's not it at all. We're going to get married. And like you were saying, like, yeah, we, we can't relate with everyone in the particularities of their sin. No, but we can relate to one another as people who are sinners, who are in that fight with one another and who have been called to uh, holiness by a holy God and who have been empowered with the Holy Spirit to pursue that holiness. Um, and, and so, you know, I think there's encouragement to be had that when we're walking with the Lord in repentance, 
we're not called to perfection. The call isn't perfection, no matter. Well, the call is perfection. That's why we need Christ. Right. Uh, but ultimately, you know, understanding all of that, the Lord knows our weaknesses. Jesus knows how weak we are. Yeah. Uh, he sent His Holy Spirit to strengthen us, to comfort us. Uh, in that battle with sin, knowing that ultimately he's overcome, like you said, he's overcome the world, um, and ultimately that means he's overcome our sin. Yeah. And, and and certainly we'll see that in a more ultimate sense on that last day when we're raised up um, to the judgment. And so I think there's there's a lot of comfort to be had as sinners, and when we receive that comfort as sinners, we can offer that comfort to other sinners who are coming to the, to the savior in knowing their need. But, you know, ultimately we can't argue someone into seeing their need. Mm-hmm. You know, that's only a work that, that Jesus yeah. can do through the Holy spirit. Yep. Um, that's right. and so, um, you know, I think it's important that we as believers know and understand what, what God says about issues like this. But, um, also I think knowing our own sin and it brings a gentleness to us, um, it should, and, and and I think a um, a kindness, a, you know, you know, we're called to um, to you know, we're called to love, you know, others, um, and and not to you know, not to wave a, a banner of this is my particular sin that I'm going to rail against, or this is the particular thing that I'm going to be upset about. Right. I think that we need when we come into alignment with what in, into agreement, like you said. I like that that idea of confessing our sins is is coming into agreement with God about what is sin, is that we we make a habit of being more upset about our sins first, rather than looking outwards and being upset about everyone else's it's sin. Plank guy, right? and then be exactly, yeah. and then if you're going to be upset about one particular sin, you better be upset about all sin. Like right. don't don't make a hobby horse of one particular cultural thing. And certainly there are things culturally that are just more in the in you know in the yeah that. that atmosphere of conversation and stuff yeah. and there's going to be seasons where we're talking about thing one maybe one particular thing more than another thing certainly right now you just pointed out like the roe v wade thing yeah so that whole thing is kind of in the atmosphere 10 years ago it was the homosexuality debate and certainly that comes in it ebbs and flows but yeah. um let's be people who are consistent with what the, the word of god says and consistent in the way that we approach all sin yeah and know? i think it's important because often you know, people ask this question because they want to know what the Bible says, but often it's because it's come up somewhere in their life. They know somebody who is uh, a homosexual that they want to know Jesus Christ. And so they'll say things like, you know, you know, being gay is a sin. And they'll say that to somebody where the, that has no understanding of the scriptures and could care less what the Bible has to say. Or they'll say it to somebody who um, is a person that claims to, to be in faith and, And so it's really important to recognize what the real issue is. Yeah. Homosexuality is a byproduct of sin. Yeah. And what sin, sin is a liar. Yeah. And so sin will, you know, tell you that the Bible isn't true. That's what it's, it's that the word of God is. I mean, let me go back right. to the garden. Yeah. You know, what Satan start questioning, yeah. have even at Adam start questioning, you yeah. know, what God's, God's words. Yeah. Did he really say right. that you can't? So yeah. from day one, he's questioning the word. And so, focus on the issue. The issue is that, you know, this individual, that the Bible, the word of God is not their foundation of truth. People find out a pastor, they'll ask me things right away. What do you think about abortion? What do you think about homosexuality? And I always say, before we even get started, let me ask you, where do you get your truth from? And 
the movie where you get from where you get your truth from somewhere. So yeah. let's figure out where you get your truth from. Then I'd like yeah. to tell you where I get my truth from. And then just recognize that if we don't get our truth from the same source, then we're just going to go in circles. Yeah. So I'd much rather talk to you about why I believe the Bible is the foundation of all truth rather than abortion or homosexuality. Because right. the real issue is that the Bible is not their foundation of truth. Yeah. And so that avoids a lot of nonsense arguing. Right. Because it's just not, you can believe that Bible, you know, the Bible also says women are supposed to, you know, cover their heads and, you know, and then people start bringing up cultural commands because yeah. they don't they don't understand the word yeah. of God. And how could they? Yeah. Because they're not, this is a book written, you know, by men through the power of yeah. the Holy Spirit. It's, it's a book that God breathed life into and in order to understand it, you need the decoder glasses of yeah. the Holy Spirit. That's the and only way you find those it. on the top of uh, Liberty Hall in <laughs> Philadelphia. Wow. <laughs> National treasure. Yeah. I thought you were going to say cereal box. No, no, no. Nicholas Cage uh, finds like, it. Lucky Charms. Yeah. That's actually what that's about is he uses a pocket knife, pull out the brick, and inside is the, no. the truth glasses that help you read the Bible. We heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> this, I think it's probably a good place to end. <laughs> I think I accidentally ended it. I'm no, sorry. No, you're fine. I don't want to <laughs> say anything my anymore. Sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. You never. I mean, I'm hoping most people have seen National Treasure because uh, I would think it's it's a great movie. So. I think so. Um, uh, hopefully, I'm not condoning anything. I mean, it's not. Made, this is it's not out. a. Uh, it's not a Bible movie, so that's no, not. I'm not condoning I everything. I don't it, remember if there's bad stuff. I'm trying to it. remember, but anyways, yeah. you know, at some point he takes these magical yeah. Ben Franklin spectacles, right? And puts them on, looks at the back of the Declaration of Independence, and there's this hidden map. So I'm just like, what if he opened a Bible and looked at that? What would it been look like? I That's literally crazy. got decoder glasses for one sermon yeah. early on when I was preaching yeah. uh, before I was, you know, uh, I was a worship director and I had an opportunity to preach and I talked about like, this is what the Holy Spirit does. Like you yeah. can't understand it. So to go up right. there and start telling people, you know, the Bible says this, 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 and this, yeah. unless they have the Holy Spirit, they're not going to understand. They don't care. It doesn't yeah. matter what the Bible says. It would be like, you know, somebody coming up to me and, and telling me, you know, well, you know, Harry, you know, book Harry Potter says this, this, and this, and you should live your life. Man, I don't think Harry Potter is the truth. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, it's a fictional book. And for people that don't have the Holy Spirit, this is just a, it's a fictional book for mm -hmm. them. So to sit there and to try to appeal to people who don't have the same foundation of truth as you winds up being this circuitous thing where you're just, you're just going to go around in circles yeah. and it's never going to wind up beneficial. And so if you are a person that knows people that are struggling with particular sin, doesn't matter if it's, you know, sexual sin, homosexuality, transgender is a big one right now. Right. You know, um, gender identity. Yeah. Try to try to get back to the root issue. The root issue is that yeah. they need they need Jesus. That's what they yeah. that's what they need. And Jesus will Jesus yeah. will like he did for you, like he did for me, like he's done for everybody, you know, before us and everybody after that he gives faith to. Yeah. He'll let them know what they need to do in order to live a life that reflects, yeah. you know, his love and his grace and his mercy and his actions. Yeah. Because we're called to live like Christ. But Neat. is National Treasure your favorite Nicolas Cage movie? Oh, I don't know, man. He's he's in so many interesting things. What did we just watch that he was in? He was in something. I, you know, I don't know, dude. Have you seen? And I'm not condoning this in any way because <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen it. I, right. I can't. And, and yeah. based on the rate, I think it's rated R. So I can't imagine that it's it's a it's a Jesus film. But right. um, I'm God tube. It's this <laughs> God tube. Yeah. Uh, the uh, it's a movie about Nicolas Cage uh, playing himself. Mm. who a billionaire has hired to like kind of be his buddy for a 
for something, whether it's his birthday party or for like uh, a week or something like that. I think it's called the the weight of um, of talent or something. I can't rem- I can't remember. But it just looked really fascinating. Speaking of Nicolas Cage, if you're gonna spend that kind of money to hang out with a celebrity in that you want to be your friend, yeah, would you choose Nicolas Cage? I don't know, but it sure would be entertaining, wouldn't it? Yeah. He just seems so interesting. He's an interesting guy. Yeah. He's super. Why? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's kind of trails off like this when he talks. Yeah, he's good. He's that, was very, like, that was like Nicolas Cage very mixed sleepy. with uh, Jimmy Stewart. Oh, what are you laughing at? Sure. <laughs> he is. He's kind of, they, they go back and forth. It's kind of like, why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the good. way he talks is just kind of this lazy thing like this. Yeah. So crypt tax. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that's why good. I can't do that without closing my eyes. Yeah, I have I to keep them, keep them open. It's kind of like sneezing. <laughs> you can't keep your eyes open. So if you want, you can just go ahead and email me that photography contract. Yeah, for I'll sure. Have, I'll have my people take get a look some, at it. Get some, <laughs> your people. <laughs> we'll I'll have my legal team. That's right. That I don't know if you're going to sell my photos to pennies. No, that's not JC pennies. Yeah, no. Are they still in business? I know there's a J.C. Penny Grand in uh, Avon next to Lowe's. J.C. Penny Grand. Yeah, so it's a it's a J.C. Penny's, but grand. Grand. What's in it that makes it grand? More stuff. Just more. Much. More stuff. J.C. Penny. Much. Yeah. Wow. Where maybe your normal J.C. Penny has, let's say, four or five watches in the jewelry. Your grand is going to have maybe like, like six or seven, maybe six to seven watches. Wow. Yeah. And you walk in there. <laughs> this is grand. <laughs> this is grand, isn't it? Yeah. I've been in there. I oh, bought a shirt there Lord. one time. And uh, yeah, I needed a black shirt for something, button up shirt. And the I couldn't find just a standard black short sleeve. I'm really? Way too hot. Couldn't yeah. find it. For whatever reason, this was the, the, whatever year this was, these shirts weren't in high demand. Mm. And this thing had one really red button Ooh, yeah that's cool yeah right around the belly button area the eye of sauron and so i i used it to, yeah, i think i was going to um i think i was doing you going to a funeral and uh and i, I was like oh, i like this shirt and so i decided to wear it one sunday when i preached yeah and i watched hundreds of people just stare at that button the entire time i was preaching <laughs> Just the way the, the, the just light fixes it, it. And like, it's just glowing. Why is the button red? <laughs> Why? I'm gonna steal it. <laughs> I'm gonna steal that button and get the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. So there was uh, it, it was a crypt text. The yeah. button was a crypt text. But yeah, literally, oh, I would watch man. people and they and they'd just be looking and they huh? What's that button doing? Yeah. And I just never never wore it again. Yeah. It, it was distra- It was a distracting button. It's interesting. Yeah. Take it off. There's a cryptograph on the back that right. To yeah, it's a map to items of what it certain is. <laughs> intrinsic value. Right. Ch- so. Chalices and whatnot. Chalices, that's right. You know, scrolls from various uh, necklaces. Yeah. Probably a ring or two. <laughs> from Which you can actually pick up at JCPenney Grand. Perfect. Yeah. That's great. Well, dude, thank you so thank much for you. your time. Thank no, you, thank you. Uh, to our great. listeners for these questions. Really good questions. And hopefully, uh, you know, the answers were helpful. I think, I think it will be. Um, if you've got questions for us, you can email those questions to podcast at hopechristianchurch.com or text them to 440-HOPE. Two, two, two. Mm, that was, was smooth. Sort of, well, smooth jazz. There was a little bit of tension Something in that. Like I think that. we did a. We should we should rehearse it so there so it's like um what's the word um where things no where things are 
are uh, where two tones are like combative with one another. Oh, what's, what's the word? Um, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the word where um, dissonant. Dissonance. Okay, that yeah. word. Okay, yeah, yeah. We can try it. I don't want to right now. We'd have to practice before I'm, I'm doing it right to. now. It's recording right now. Four four zero. I'm not participating. Hope. Two, two, two. two. Uh, that was terrible. <laughs> I hated it. Anyways, or uh, if you have meet and, uh, greet. meet and greet questions, yeah. feel free to send those as well. As we found some people like to submit those. I'm interested just because you and I have our brains where we think of questions. Yeah. I just think it'd be really interesting to hear other people's big brain questions. Listeners, what do you want to know about Jared How Or about Cornelius Nemeth. Cornelius Russell Nemeth. Yes. I think that's it. That's it. All right. right. Thanks for listening. (laughs) We'll see you again next time. Bye. Bye.